Newsflash, I was wrong. There's one asset class that I've never embraced and certainly never invested in because it is, I convince myself, incredibly risky. Well, I was wrong. I'll tell you how I was wrong and the upside potential of this asset class right now in episode number 317 of Self-Directed Investor Talk. Hello, self-directed investors all across the Fruited Plain. Welcome to episode number 317 of Self-Directed Investor Talk, the show of record for savvy self-directed investors like you. And today, we have another excellent show for you. Our telephone number here for you folks that have questions is, uh, it's easy to remember, it's 833-212-2112. That's also our text number as well, because if you'd like a link to the recording of this show or to the transcript, maybe to review for yourself or to forward to a friend of yours, it's very easy to get that, and it costs nothing other than normal message and data rates. Uh, just text today's episode number, 317. Text 317 to 833-212-2112, and we'll send those links out to you right away. Now, the asset class we consider today isn't a new one, but it's still a sexy one. Two of the most famous TV shows of the 1980s, Dallas and Dynasty, were based on the immense wealth created by this asset class. And Frankly, the, the money involved in this arena has done nothing but get bigger and bigger and bigger since then. The asset class is, of course, the oil and gas industry. Now, look, I've never invested a single penny in this asset class. I have no experience with it, none. My interest in it is solely because a friend of mine for whom I have great respect and whose acumen as an investor is absolutely first rate. Uh, and uh, and it's been first rate for many years now. Well, this guy reached out to me, as he does from time to time, for help with raising some capital for a new project of his. Now, given his level of consistent success over the years, I always take, take those calls very seriously. But this time, his latest project stopped me cold. He wants to do a big oil and gas investment, and he wants me to help him raise the money for that investment. Now, normally, I'd turn down the request just because I think oil and gas is so risky. But I had to give him a fair hearing because, because of, his, of his track record, if nothing else. And I've got to say, I think I, think I may have been operating un, under some faulty assumptions for a long time. I'm still doing my research. But here are the five things I have learned so far that surprise me. First, in the oil and gas business, risk just does not exist in a vacuum, and I mean that by and large, it's relatively simple to know in advance through the use of modern science whether a particular oil well that you're looking to, to drill, even though it is absolutely high risk and high reward, it's also reasonably easy to know in advance that it is a high risk, high reward type of well. In other words, if you're careful, it's not extremely likely that you'll necessarily be taken by surprise if you invest in any given new new well, and it ends up being unproductive. If that happens, it's likely that you knew there was a decent chance of that to begin with, and you decided to accept the risk. You'll know going in to a large extent, not, not absolutely, but to a large extent, what your odds of success will be, and you can likely mitigate that risk in several different ways. Which leads to the second thing I learned, which is this. Risk mitigation is the key in oil and gas. It appears that the smart money in that business mitigates their upfront risk by a combination of careful and aggressive investment in the geological research necessary to make well-informed predictions 
and by always spreading risk around by way of investing in not just one and only one oil well, but in many oil wells. So in in the event that one of those oil wells does fail, that failure can be overtaken, probably in substantial manner, by the success of the other wells. Now, those first two points, those first two bits of learning are helpful and useful, but probably not terribly surprising. But the last three points I have to share with you, I have to say I, I wouldn't have guessed these. And I'll tell you what they are in about 45 seconds from now when we return from this quick word from our sponsor. Hey folks, Brian Ellis here. You know, an industry that's really caught my attention lately is oil and gas. It's not for everybody, but if you're looking for the ability to take an income tax deduction for practically every penny you invest in your deals, plus a method of investing so reliable that banks lend against this kind of income, well, then you should reach out to my friend Aldo over at Flotex Energy. Look, I don't know if they're funding any investments right now or not, but what I do know is Aldo can help you see whether oil and gas is a good fit for you and why it's probably a much better fit than you think. Learn more now. Just text the word ALDO, that's A-L-D-O, to 833-212-2112 right now. Again, text the word ALDO to 833-212-2112 right now. So continuing on with the five things I've learned about investing in oil and gas that may be changing my mind about that asset class, the, the third thing I've learned is this. There's more than one way to play the oil and gas game. You see, the thing we probably all think of, uh, you know, acquiring land, drilling for oil, hoping for big gushers, and selling oil by the thousands of barrels each and every day. Well, that's certainly one way to play it, and it's a very high dollar way to play it, but it's not the only way. For example, it's actually quite common for niche-type companies to do very, very well in the oil and gas business simply by buying wells that are already producing, and they simply continue to monetize those wells rather than drilling their own. And it turns out that the state-of-the-art in science where oil and gas detection are concerned is sufficiently advanced that many banks will actually lend against the production capabilities of existing oil wells so predictable and reliable is the ability of scientists to forecast the continued productivity level of operating oil wells. That's something I didn't know. But the question is, why would an oil company sell an oil well that they already own that is producing reliably and that has a predictable value in the future? Well, it has to do with the fourth issue that I learned about, and that one, along with issue number five, which actually is the most important one of them all, the one that actually makes it hard to lose as an oil and gas investor, well, we'll have to reserve those two points for tomorrow since we're out of time for today. Now, I really hope this has gotten you thinking about the potential of oil and gas investing. And I'll be straight with you, I'm, I'm not 100% sold yet, but every day the pendulum swing is getting closer and closer to a big, fat yes. So join me tomorrow to hear about uh, the final two huge things I've learned, more substantial even than the first three. And if you'd like to hear this episode again or to read the transcript or even forward this information to a friend who may be interested in oil and gas investing, well, all you have to do is text today's episode number, which is 317. That's 317. Text that to me at 833-212-2112, and we'll get those links to you right away. In the meantime, my friends, invest wisely today and live well forever. 
Self-Directed Investor Talk is a production of the Self-Directed Investor Society. This content is not intended to be advisory in nature and is not offered with the intention of providing legal, tax, or other licensed professional guidance to any listener. Be sure to see your own licensed advisors for that type of advice. This content is copyrighted by and used under license from the Self-Directed Investor Society.